0: this was a surprise attack
1: a kayaker is mauled by a grizzly bear in the kootenai backcountry you know i'd
2: imagine how that would feel if someone takes away my kid because i'm immigrant
1: how vancouver joins the world in protests against trump's immigration policy that separated families
3: i was kind of ready for it but i didn't know it was going to be this hard
1: and how a BC Lions player who can't find a short-term place to rent is offering up season tickets to help his cause.
4: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: Good evening. Thanks very much for joining us tonight. While a kayaker is recovering in hospital this holiday weekend after being mauled by a grizzly bear just outside of Creston today, our Nadia Stewart has more on what happened. Nadia, what details are you getting?
5: Uh, well, Sonia, the conservation officer is describing this as an unprovoked surprise attack. They say a young man from the Creston area decided to go on a solo kayaking trip. He departed yesterday camping out along the shores of the Kootenay River. Early this morning when he woke up while he was walking along the shoreline near his campsite, a grizzly bear came out of the bushes. He had little time to react to this surprise attack.
0: It appears that the bears came out of a field and up over the dike, and it's very thick, and he was walking south, and their sight picture would have been 25 to 30 feet. And from the other evidence that we determined from there was that uh, it was a sow that had multiple cubs. So this was a defensive situation.
5: The young man was able to kayak out of the area into a place where he could call for help. And the officer says that took a great deal of courage to do, given his injuries. Now, an ambulance brought him to hospital in Creston. He was later transferred by Air Ambulance to Kelowna. He suffered injuries to his head, arms, back and legs, but he will be all right. As for the sow and her cubs, nothing will happen to them. The young man did not do anything wrong. And this was just a sow reacting the way any sow would. Officers will be going to door, door-to-door in the area to warn people about the presence of this bear.
1: All On right, you. Nadia, thank you very much for all the details there. Thank you. In other news tonight, the Police Watchdog Agency is investigating after a crash involving Vancouver police vehicles and pedestrians. Two VPD vehicles with their lights and sirens on were responding to an emergency call in the downtown core at about 8.30 last night. They crashed into each other at Smythe and Howe. Now two pedestrians and three officers suffered non-life-threatening injuries. The pedestrians were women in their 30s. They have all since been released From hospital, but the independent investigations office is now investigating. Demonstrators in Vancouver joined coast to coast protests today against the Trump administration's controversial illegal immigration policy. It's a policy that has separated families who've been caught trying to cross the US Mexico border. Now, even though that is happening in the US, it is a crisis that hits close to home for a lot of Canadians. Jill Bennett reports.
6: In some of the biggest cities in the U.S., a show of force from those calling on children and their parents to be reunited after being separated when illegally crossing into that country. The way they treat families, the way they treat immigrants, that's not America. The images of detained and separated families have prompted protests internationally. Here in Canada, more than a dozen cities showing support for the Families Belong Together movement.
7: It breaks my heart to think that this is happening.
6: Terrible and economic and, lines. Yeah, like and it's hard for me to talk about it without getting terrible. emotional. Rallies taking place in Halifax, Toronto, Winnipeg, and Vancouver, where the group gathered outside the U.S. consulate to demand change. Uh, Trump must end the zero
0: tolerance. Trump must end the deportations. Trudeau must end the deportation. i actually living through the ripple effects of my father being taken away from his family, right? So I know firsthand what it does and where it, where it goes. And
2: when I see the pain of the moms, I just can feel the pain, you know, as you imagine how that would feel if someone takes away my kid because i'm immigrant. Rise up, fight back.
6: Rise up, fight back. The group marched to nearby Trump Tower demanding not only that the US relax its zero tolerance policy on illegal immigration but that Canada revoke the safe third country agreement to allow asylum seekers. President Donald Trump is at a golf retreat this weekend responding on Twitter but not saying much else about the protests and rallies all sparked by his government.
1: Jill Bennett Global News Canada's new tariffs on U.S. imports take effect from tomorrow. They're in retaliation, of course, to tariffs imposed by President Trump on Canada. Right now, the federal government's targeting things like steel and aluminium products in the trade war. But as one uh, economist says, in order to really hit the U.S. where it hurts, Prime Minister Trudeau should target coal that is being shipped out of B.C. Paul Johnson has the story.
4: The rattle of empty coal cars returning stateside along White Rock Beach. Could this be Canada's trump card in the new trade battle with the U.S.?
2: I think that's something to think about. We've ended uh, the war on
4: beautiful, clean coal. For President Trump, the revival of the coal industry has been a key component of his promise to make America great again. The U.S. has vast deposits in Wyoming and Montana, but few terminals to export that coal to the Asian markets where it's most in demand. So they've come to BC, shipping more coal from Delta's West Shore terminals than any other port on the West Coast. Now, a prominent Canadian economist says that's leverage Canada can use. If Ottawa slapped a tax on those coal trains, it might just threaten the business enough to persuade Trump to back down. It's certainly popular with people in White Rock who were sick of the 800 coal trains a year that rumble through their neighborhood.
2: I would endorse that a thousand percent, and I'll tell you why. I swear there's anywhere from 15 to 20 trains in a 24-hour period, and I have... Constantly wiping coal dust off of my deck, off of my furniture in my house. Because really, the train, like on the White Rock Beach, that's crazy. We want to just walk here, enjoy the scenery.
4: It's not a totally new idea, as Premier Christy Clark floated it as retaliation in the softwood lumber dispute. But as much as people with expensive waterfront homes might be pleased... Not everyone's comfortable with raising the stakes further.
3: No, no. I I think we're a global economy. You know, this is a blip on the radar.
4: Whether this actually becomes a bargaining chip or not, it's worth remembering that a lifeline for one of Trump's pet industries runs right through our backyard. Paul Johnson, Global News.
1: A reminder to be extra careful when when crossing train tracks after an Australian man fell from a train in Revelstoke today, causing him serious injuries. Now, the 25-year-old was found along the CP rail tracks along Victoria Road early this morning. Police say he, his parts of his limbs had to be amputated. Details so far suggesting he fell and may have been struck by other train cars. Police say he had been drinking but was conscious and able to speak with first responders when they got to him. Vancouver Island's Integrated Major Crimes Unit is investigating a sudden death at a Victoria Park. Early this morning, Victoria police were called to Pioneer Park in the 1000 block of Quadra Street... For a noise complaint, officers say they found someone who had died. The scene was blocked off and detectives are now investigating the circumstances surrounding the apparent sudden death. Police don't believe there is any danger to the public. And Victoria Police also looking for witnesses and a suspect after a teen was sexually assaulted in Esquimalt's High Rock Park last night. The teen was walking up the hill towards the park at around 6 o'clock when she realised she was being followed by a man. The suspect came up to her and started a conversation, but by the time they reached the park, he grabbed and attacked her. She did manage to escape, but was chased by the man who grabbed her a second time and sexually assaulted her again. Police say he exposed himself to her before she was able to run away. We do have a description from police of the suspect. He's been described as tanned or Aboriginal in his 30s, five feet, seven inches tall with a muscular build and short brown hair. He was wearing a white T-shirt on his, uh, on his head, a bright red T-shirt and a white logo on the front, black athletic pants and a black backpack. Victoria police helped in the arrest of an Alberta doctor after he allegedly tried to arrange having sex with a child. Fred Janki has been a doctor for more than 30 years, most recently in Sylvan Lake. He was arrested on Thursday following a joint investigation between police in Alberta and officers in Victoria. Investigators proactively working undercover. They were in an online chat room for people interested in ha- having sex with children. That is where they engaged Janki last October. He reportedly had sexually explicit conversations with an undercover officer who was pretending to be a mother. It's alleged Janki wanted to have sex with a five-year-old girl. The child isn't real, but the offences certainly.
7: Currently, we have no information to suggest that any children were physically harmed and offended upon at this point. However, given his position of trust and authority, Uh, As a family physician, it is only prudent that we bring this to the public's attention and uh, and open the door for potential
8: victims uh, to come forward. Our position is simple. With this matter pending, this physician cannot practice medicine. Um, In theory, the charges might not be upheld. And so in theory, you could say that it's not fair to act against him on the basis of an allegation, not a conviction. But in this case, the damage to confidence is so severe, we just cannot let a physician in this position practice.
1: Well, Janky has been charged with making arrangements to commit sexual offences against a child, making child pornography and distribution of child m- pornography as well. There are more questions than answers tonight after a young woman was found dead inside a West Kelowna home. Yesterday morning is when the discovery was made. While police are still investigating what exactly led to the woman's death, they say it does appear to be suspicious. Global Okanagan's Megan Tacato has the full details.
9: It's always just a terrible thing
3: to hear.
10: There's no longer a visible police presence at this West Kelowna home, but why a Vernon mother was found dead here Friday morning remains a mystery. Right now
7: we don't know what we're dealing with. We don't know if there's a homicide.
10: Police were called to Ponderosa Road around 7 a.m. on Friday by someone in a neighboring house. Inside a home, they found 29-year-old Jordan Kitchener dead. Police say the death of the mother of two with no criminal record Is suspicious.
7: An autopsy is required to determine uh, a cause of death.
10: News of the investigation has shocked neighbors on this West Kelowna street. Honestly that's pretty nuts really quiet neighborhood Um, not the type of thing you'd hear in West Kelowna. Police say it's too early to say if there's a wider risk to the public.
7: Until we can substantiate a criminal offense then we can accurately gauge any kind of risk should there be one. Right now, we don't even know if this is a homicide.
10: But the next-door neighbours aren't worried. I don't personally believe there's a risk to the public from this incident. Um, The reason I say that is it seems very isolated. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's West Kelowna. This stuff doesn't really happen too often. Police say the last known sighting of Kitchener was the evening before her body was discovered when she was at her Vernon home. And they're hoping that anyone with information that can help investigators fill in the timeline of her final hours will come forward. Making Turcato Global News, West Kelowna.
1: Welcome back. Well, a BC Lions player is learning firsthand just how challenging Metro Vancouver's rental housing market is right now. As Kristen Robinson reports, he has found himself turning to Twitter just to find a place to live.
3: I've been, I've been searching
1: from downtown
9: Vancouver to White Rock. Jovan Olafioye's month-long hunt is coming up empty.
3: I've heard like you know rental properties are scarce out here so I was kind of I was kind of ready for it but I didn't know it was going to be this hard.
9: The six-time CFL All-Star not immune to Metro Vancouver's housing crisis after returning to the BC Lions in May the offensive lineman took to Twitter in late June for his biggest tackle yet finding a rental home.
3: I'm jumping from hotel to hotel right now I had the same issue in 2016 I don't think I'm moving to a place until August so um, I won't say I'm used to it, but it, it is frustrating, you know, being away from the family and stuff.
9: While he's viewed more than 25 furnished two or three-bedroom homes close to SkyTrain, scoring a six-month lease is tough.
3: I guess the down season is in December, and that's when I—that's I, how long I want to rent too and it's hard, I guess it's hard for them to find somebody to rent their place in December, so they're trying to get somebody long-term.
9: Housing his fiance and two young children, not a struggle during his one season in Montreal last year, but Olafioye Ye now putting on his game face to sell himself <laughs> to potential landlords.
3: I'm a good person. My family is um, good people. Um, I pay my bills on time. Um, I'm not a smoker. I don't throw huge parties. I'm a family man.
9: Heading into the end zone. It's a touchdown, Using his offense off the field in the hopes a housing touchdown will bring his young family home.
3: I'm throwing in um, season tickets and um, maybe, maybe some sweatshirts, maybe some shorts. And...
1: Kristen Robinson, Global News. Mm, good luck to him. Now, in World Cup action today, dedicated Argentinian and French soccer fans had to wake up very early to catch their teams in a do or die match. <laughs> Mm. Those supporting France at the Red Card Sports Bar in Vancouver had a lot of reason to celebrate this morning after their team won 4-3, knocking Argentina out of the competition. They are no more now. Although the bar can't serve any alcohol in the morning, staff have been enjoying watching fans from around the world catch the beautiful game.
7: Yeah, I have to say we've been really lucky. We've had a lot of like really passionate fans. who have been enjoying it, so it's been really fun, kind of watching everybody celebrate their teams and stuff. And it's nice to see all the different cultures coming to support their own teams. And everyone's just like <laughs> been really excited.
3: <laughs>
1: and we gonna win
7: the World Cup. I don't know. I was cheering for Iceland, so like
1: I gotta find a new champion now. See, you don't have to have a pint of beer to watch a soccer game. I
0: guarantee. Like uh, afterwards. Yeah, like right now, the French fans are probably, you know, enjoying a nice bottle of Bordeaux or something. I don't right. Something.
1: Getting a little merry right now. Right. OK, so actually now while we're on it and talking about um, uh, sport and stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've got more <laughs> highlights of World Cup. Yeah,
0: Well, it was a tough day for the yeah. uh, for the superstars because, of course, Lino Messi plays for Argentina. So mm-hmm. he's gone. And Ronaldo plays for Portugal and they lost. So pretty much two of the arguably the uh, best Players uh, on the planet are uh, going home, So, but the matches were excellent. A lot of goals today, so we'll have highlights of all that coming up and look mm-hmm. back. You saw uh, Jovan Olafue looking for a house there. It didn't go so well for the Lions last night in Edmonton either, and we'll take a look back at that as well.
1: No reaction from Maradona with this? Uh, this I think Maradona
0: has got health issues, so I don't believe he was in the stadium today. Okay,
1: all right. Okay. (laughs) In his days, Argentina would have got through.
0: Yeah, although Maradona doesn't need any more camera time considering (laughs) what he's been doing with his hands during when the cameras are on him. Exactly. All
1: right, and uh, in uh, in weather, yeah, it's kind of like uh, not the kind of weather we want for uh, holiday weekend, long holiday weekend. (laughs) A bit unsettled today. We did start off with some rainfall, uh, scattered showers.
2: We'll still hang on to some cloud cover. We're going to be live at Canada Place tomorrow for Canada Day, so you will hope you'll join us. I'll have our full forecast on that, but I wanted to show you right now on the satellite and radar, we did have severe thunderstorm watches that were in effect for the southern interior. They have now ended. We're still seeing a risk of a thunderstorm with those lightning strikes that are still pushing its way for the northern sections of the Thompson. I'll have more on that. We'll look at your full Canada Day forecast and once again, we'll be down at Canada Place for tomorrow so we
1: hope everyone will join us that's right Barry's staying here yvonne and i will be there at canada place tomorrow so hopefully you can make it there is it going to rain tomorrow i will have that coming up there is a chance of showers and i'll have your firework forecast if you're planning on checking that out welcome back well police in saskatchewan say five of these six victims involved in a head-on crash were from the same family the crash happened yesterday afternoon in the town of elrose that's about 150 kilometers southwest of saskatoon RCMP say two SUVs collided, a 26-year-old man and a 28-year-old woman along with three children aged six, four and two were found dead in one of the vehicles. The 71-year-old female driver of the other SUV also killed. No names have been released so far. The road was closed for several hours as investigators tried to piece together what happened. Three people in Toronto are receiving praise for helping a man off the tracks at a subway stop. Global's Shalima Maharaj spoke to one of the men involved.
6: It was almost three o'clock in the afternoon when a visually impaired commuter fell onto the track at a TTC subway station.
5: I got off at Bravi station, uh, heard some two girls uh, screaming and crying. Uh, I went to the, the platform there was a gentleman laid out and uh, his leg was kind of messed up and... There's another guy from the other platform. He ran down, I ran down, another guy came. And we just grabbed him and threw him over.
6: Quick thinking all three men are receiving praise for on social media. JC says he didn't know either of them. He just knew he had to do something.
5: You just go there, you see the guy there, you jump and you help him out and that's it.
6: The man they rescued suffered minor injuries. This was the post that sparked calls for the men to be recognized for their actions. Social media has done a great job of spreading the word and... Uh, helping
5: us to hopefully identify and recognize them and, you know, we just want to say thank you.
6: The TTC is in the midst of conducting a feasibility study on whether to install safety barriers along the edge of subway platforms, but that won't be ready until 2020. We
5: have the lights at
6: either end of the platform. One of the safety measures currently in place.
5: This is the button here that we recommend the customers press in the event of an emergency. Um, it's clearly located by the blue light. Um, it immediately cuts traction power, and then upon pressing that button, um, there's also a phone here that customers can use to directly call transit control. But if it's you that winds up on the tracks... This is an incredibly uncommon situation. Um, If you do find yourself on the tracks, um, customers can roll under the platform that they've fallen from um, and obviously call for help. Um, try and get someone's attention on the platform to alert TTC and cut traction power.
6: As for this Good Samaritan, simply on his way to work, glad I was there to help him out. Shalima Maharaj, Global
1: News. A rocket developed by a Japanese startup company burst into flames just seconds after liftoff today. <laughs> quite dramatic pictures there. The Momo 2 rocket was supposed to reach as high as 100 kilometers into space, but the 10-meter pencil rocket lifted only a short distance, as you saw there, from the launch pad. This was in northern Japan uh, before it came crashing down. No one was hurt. It is believed there was a glitch in its main engine. The firm launched its first rocket last July, but that one also failed The company now trying to develop small, lightweight, low-cost rockets to send satellites into space. A happy end to a rescue last night. This was in Alabama, where a deaf puppy spent more than 30 hours trapped in a narrow hole. Yeah, a lot of cheering after the seven-week-old pup was finally lifted out of the 15-meter crevice. The white puppy, named Toffee, fell into the hole behind a house on Thursday evening. Rescue workers, firefighters, and plumbers even getting involved, all trying various tricks to get him out, including nets and dog treats, a snare and some finally some food finally got toffee out at about midnight. All well, parts of eastern Canada are dealing with record breaking heat this Canada Day long weekend. As Global's uh, Catherine Ward reports now, the city of Toronto is preparing for a long stretch of 30 plus degree temperatures.
7: Early this morning, people were staking out their spots in the shade and finding relief in city pools and splash pads.
3: I'm very thankful for all these things, because if we didn't have them, then there would be barely any place for us to go.
7: Soaring temperatures and high humidity was a common battle shared across the region.
0: Today may be the most intensely warm day of this bout, a high of 36 degrees, which is about 10 degrees warmer than it should be for this time of the year.
7: Just next to this park, 40 people came through the neighbouring cooling centre yesterday and today the mayor was urging people to be proactive.
8: There are on our toronto.ca website 180 community centres that are air conditioned and open. Uh, there are other buildings that we've made available as cooling centres and so I want people to take whatever precautions they think are necessary for themselves and also for uh, people that they know and love who may have uh, just a few extra concerns.
7: One precaution at the Rogers Centre was a relief for Jays fans taking in the game. The dome was closed.
8: I'm good with that because if that sun's
4: beating down on me, I don't want to be sweating to death. And I'd much prefer to be uh, in the air conditioned watching a baseball game and join the Jays.
7: Already this summer, we've had just as many days above 30 degrees as we did last year for the entire season. And experts with Environment Canada say to expect many more to come in the days and weeks ahead.
0: It's likely before it ends, we could have 10 days of, of temperatures above 30. And even when it does end, I mean, the highs might be 28, 29, which still would be above uh, above normal.
7: But even with that forecast, lots of people say they prefer this over snow any day. I'm not complaining. I enjoy the heat. We've had cold weather for a very long time, so I'm not complaining. Katherine Ward, Global News.
1: Yeah, and it's not just there. They're having problems with the weather south of the border, the sweltering heat causing part of a highway to buckle. This is in Pennsylvania. Cars had to get onto the hard shoulder to avoid the road that was buckling, causing a traffic nightmare. Crews are now working to fix that. That is crazy. Um, Obviously, it's not as hot here, Yvonne, but um, I'm I'm wondering, is it going to pick up? Because we had a good stretch and now it's all pretty grey. Well, the good news is we may see a bit of a silver lining
2: or a bit of a break for tomorrow with some sunshine, but also the chance of showers. I'll have just a, more in just a moment. Wanted to show you your Canada Day forecast across the country. You can see that heat. Southern Ontario, Toronto, into the mid thirties. We factor in the humidex, feeling closer to forty degrees. Areas in Montreal also in the low thirties. Halifax will be at twenty-five. Some wet weather for areas near St. John's. Most of the Prairie Provinces seeing the risk of thunderstorms, and for us across the West Coast, we are looking at anywhere between 18 and up to 20 degrees, and I'll have more on that in just a moment. A pretty great day today. We did start off with some rainfall. It has eased off, but we'll still see a chance for some showers this evening and leading into the overnight, and cloud cover to kick things off for the morning hours on our Canada Day. 18 as the current temperature to the airport, a southeasterly wind at 19 kilometres per hour. Our high today was at 19, still below the average for this time of the year of 20 and a record of 29 degrees was set back in 1987. A few other numbers and highs across the province. The Thompson for Kamloops today up to 26. Trail at 19 is Soyuz 24. Lillooet today at 25 degrees. Tofino 16 in Victoria still up to 20 degrees. Satellite and radar, so that cloud cover still continuing across the south coast with a chance of showers. We have the thunderstorm still working its way in for interior sections. Should ease off, but we're still looking at a risk of a thunderstorm once again. Popping up for the afternoon tomorrow. Big weather picture that we're following. So there is that weak trough that is pushing its way in across the southern half of the province. Most areas by the evening will see a chance of showers across the south coast. And for our fireworks, do make sure that you plaque an umbrella. We can see that on the future cast putting it into play, but there are some nice breaks for the afternoon tomorrow if you're planning on being out and about. Here's a look across the province starting off in the Peace. risk of a thunderstorm at the high of 17 degrees. Much cooler for your Monday with temperatures sitting at 15 degrees and a chance of showers into next week. Whitehorse up to 15 degrees, rebounding on your Monday with a mix of sun and cloud and the return for sunshine. Coastal sections will be up to 14, a cool day tomorrow, but the latter half of your long weekend with the return of sunshine in 16. Caribou and Central Interior, hanging on to that instability, unsettled with the risk of a thunderstorm for the afternoon. Columbia and Kootenai region, 23 degrees, a slight chance to see an isolated shower and a risk of a thunderstorm. Most areas on Monday, unsettled showers in 19. Thompson, Okanagan, risk of a thunderstorm for the afternoon. Areas near Kelowna tomorrow will be up to 20, cooling off to 15 on Monday. Worcester will be up to 17 degrees, and across the island, a chance to see an isolated shower, a fair bit of cloud cover for the southern and eastern sections, and for the fireworks tomorrow evening, we do still have a chance of showers. Temperatures around 10.30 will be sitting at closer to 16 degrees, so on the cool side, be prepared. And for Monday, we will still hang on to a chance of showers, rebounding very nicely Tuesday,
1: Wednesday, for Canada Day tomorrow, up to 20 degrees. Sonia? Alright, well, I'm just holding off just the rain, as long as it holds off we will be okay Uh, we'll see you down there tomorrow if you can make it now we've all seen how pollution from plastic has a dire effect on our oceans and marine life plastic of course is a big part of everything we buy and use but making even the tiniest effort on our part can have a huge impact this report from nbc news
8: it's in landfills streets and waterways floating islands of plastic garbage are creating a disturbing reality for wildlife who often mistake it for food. But it wasn't always this way. Plastics
2: played an essential role.
8: Discovered in the early 1900s, plastic was considered a miracle product first used by the military. Today, it's a vital part in so many of the things we use, from medical devices to computer components. And while most of it can be recycled, 90% is not. And some plastic products can take centuries to disintegrate. Environmentalists say the situation is dire. Everybody needs to wake up,
9: and and we need to do something about this. We can stem the tide and turn off the faucet of this stuff coming into the
8: ocean and coming into our environment. While many cities across the globe are moving to ban some plastic products, it's a daunting task. Americans use 100 billion plastic bags a year, Worldwide, one million plastic bottles are bought every minute. Eight million pieces of plastic end up in the ocean every day. The plastics industry says better
0: consumer recycling is key. Whether it's plastic or other type of materials, it's not you know, the material itself, it's how we're disposing of those things. You want some more? The
8: DeFrisco family outside of Chicago is trying to live plastic-free. They get milk in glass bottles, fruits and vegetables packed in boxes. But it's not easy, says Mom Emily. Did it come just naturally, boom, you stop?
10: No, I think it's a process. I think it's all about taking little steps. And you'll eliminate one thing at a
8: time. Good job. It's the little things she hopes will turn the tide. Canvas shopping bags, you know, wooden utensils, metal water shop. bottles. Shopping, Emily steers clear of plastic That's unless one. it has an important code. code. On the back. So this is
10: PET. This is number one. And that is one of the more recyclable types
4: of plastic.
8: The kids are all in.
4: I don't want it to go in a garbage or a recycling.
8: One family trying to live plastic-free, hoping to make a world of difference for the next generation. Rahima Ellis, NBC News, Oak Park, Illinois.
1: Good to see. And we'll stay with kids for a moment because there were some kids that were able to enjoy something that a lot of us take for granted. And it's as simple as going to the movies. It's the third annual Sibling Support Day for families living with autism. More than 450 people enjoying a free movie screening of Incredibles 2. This was at the Silver City Riverport Cinema this morning. Many families dealing with autism aren't able to do this, watch a movie together, because uh, often the sights and sounds can be really tough for a child with autism.
7: This is the biggest year yet, so this is the third year we've put on the Sibling Support Day. There's 450 people here. It's nuts. And I really think it shows how much there is a need to give families a safe space to come with their autistic kids and know that they're just going to be able to relax and eat and be a little loud and be a little different,
1: and that's okay. All right, if you haven't watched any World Cup, then... Um, or the even man. if you have. Even if you have, you this is want to is see great. it again. Yes.
0: Remember we were say, asking about Maradona in the stadium? Yes. Apparently he was in the stadium. Oh. I didn't see any TV shots of him, but I, I did check and he was there. He was there? But I well, guess he's he probably he's not, didn't get
1: any TV He's time. not going
0: to get there anymore, though, because, you know, they're out. Now they're out. Right. But right. He, 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 he did home. make some vulgar gestures last time. Perhaps that's why they were right. told, you know, do not, do not show Maradona anymore.
1: Not safe. No.
0: All right, thanks, Tanya. Uh, Russia 2018 just lost a significant amount of star power after the opening day of the knockout stage. The consensus, two best players in the world, Ronaldo and Lionel Messi, were both bounced out of the World Cup after their respective teams were beaten in highly entertaining matches. We'll start with Argentina and France. France struck first on a penalty by Antoine Griezmann in the 13th minute, but Argentina equalized, and it is a cracker from Angel Di Maria, a spectacular strike. Maradona would have been proud of that. Argentina celebrate a brilliant goal, it's 1-1 at the half. Then three minutes into the second, it's Argentina again, Messi with the shot, deflects in off Gabriel Mercado's toe. Not sure if he meant to do that, but loves the result, 2-1, but the joy didn't last long. Benjamin Pavard with a spectacular shot. Check out the spin. Perfectly placed, 2-2, and then just seven minutes after that, the 19-year-old phenom, Kylian Mbappe fires it through the Argentinian keeper. France back in front, 3-2, and then four minutes later, the kid is back for more. Wonderful finish, second of the match, his third of the World Cup. Argentina got one very late, but not enough. France is through to the quarters with a 4-3 victory. Lionel Messi is heading home with another World Cup disappointment. Portugal and Uruguay in the afternoon match. Uruguay perfect 3-0 in the group stage and no goals conceded. And they start fast. Seventh minute, Luis Suarez with a perfect cross to the far post. Edinson Cavani with the power header. And Uruguay off and running. A beautiful goal, 1-0 early and uh, they have been very very good certainly the best south american squad so far but portugal equalized in the 55th it's pepe with the header from close range 1-1 uruguay's first conceded goal not only in the world cup but in their last six international matches but seven minutes later uruguay regained the lead and once again it's Cavani. incredible poise to finish that off the left side, Uruguay showing they are a contender to win it all in Russia. They have a 2-1 lead, and Ronaldo's World Cup comes to an end with a yellow card for arguing with the officials. That opening match hat-trick, a distant memory. It'll be Uruguay-France in the quarters on Friday. White cap forward Kristen Tuchera is from Uruguay. He's got to be in a jubilant mood after that huge victory by his countrymen. But Teixeira is in the doghouse with Carl Robinson and the Whitecaps. Teixeira will miss the next three matches, including tomorrow's 4 o'clock date at BC Place against Colorado, after being suspended for abusive language in the Caps' 4-0 loss at Philadelphia last weekend. And with Jordi Reyna also out because of a red card, the Caps will be minus two of their top goal scorers in a match they need badly. Just get back to work. You know, football is, uh, is a strange game. Two weeks ago, we were on cloud nine and people thought we were at a certain level which i knew we weren't and this week we people are disappointed the players are disappointed and we're not at that level either we're somewhere in between so it's important you you refocus and you get back to work All right, MLS today, Portland and Seattle from CenturyLink Field. Best rivalry in MLS right now, Sounders struggling this year, 10th in the West, 11 behind Portland and the Whitecaps. They were down early, but they tie it. Victor Rodriguez plays the bounce perfectly. The lunging header ties it at one, but Portland respond. Beautiful long through ball by Diego Valeri for Samuel Armenteros. Patience around the defender and a perfect left foot finish, 2-1 Portland back in front, but Seattle will equalize off the corner. Nicholas Ladero with the service, and big Chad Marshall heads home his first of the season. It's 2-2. But Portland respond with a corner of their own Valeri with his third assist. The big man Larry Mabiala with his second of the afternoon. 3-2 Portland win. The Sounders in real trouble. Their record three wins, nine losses, three draws. Meanwhile in the east, Montreal Impact and Sporting Kansas City. Impact playing better after a slow start to the season. They get the winner off the boot of Ignacio Piatti, thumps it to the top of the net. They would add another from the penalty spot, Montreal over Sporting, 2-0. Welcome back. The Lions still have a long ways to go before they can honestly say they are one of the top teams in the West, but they still have uh, plenty of time to get into the same category as the Eskimos and Stampeders. Last night in Edmonton, the Lions looked solid early, but once the Eskimos got rolling, B.C. had no answers and lost by 19 Nine former Eskimos on the Lions roster, including Odell Willis, who's never at a loss for words. Lions defense comes up big early. Mike Riley's throw off the fingertips of receiver Nate Bahar. T.J. Lee with the acrobatic interception there. Great concentration to come up with that one. And then after a pass interference call in the end zone, check out the unique formation as they line up. Wally having lots of fun in his final season. And it's a, a touchdown here for Jeremiah Johnson, who breaks the plane. Lions would go up 14-2. to Could have been a bigger lead. They missed a couple of field goals. But late in the second, the Eskimos found their rhythm. They had a touchdown. And then two minutes later, got another as Riley found Kenny Stafford. 17-14 at the break. Late in the third, Riley going deep has Duke Williams. 64-yard touchdown. Esky's running away with it now, 29 unanswered points. They led 31-14. They piled up uh, over 500 yards offense. Fourth quarter, 38-21. John Jennings goes down for a fifth time as the Lions fall 41-22. Their record now one and one. They're in Winnipeg next Saturday. Canada's Brooke Henderson, the women's uh, PGA Championship near Chicago, third round. Brooke loves this tournament. Won it two years ago, runner-up last year in contention again. Great approach here at the second, led to a birdie, tied for the lead at seven under. Then at the seventh, this is for Eagle from about 55 feet away. Check out this roll. Perfectly judged. Almost makes it for a three, a kick in birdie. Brook has the lead at nine under. Par five, 11th. Second shot, and it's another beauty to about 15 feet. Made that, to, or missed that for Eagle. Made another birdie, though, to get to 10 under. She's really in charge of her game. But playing with her in the final group, South Korean Soyeon Ryu. she's won two majors. The 2017 LPGA Player of the Year rolls in the birdie at 11 to get within two. And then at the 14th, a big momentum swing. Henderson misses the short par. Ryu made birdie, so they're tied at 9 under. Ryu, meanwhile, at 14, delicate downhill putt perfect weight, just dives it in for the birdie, now at 10 under. Meanwhile, Brooks putting went sideways, that miss at 14 seemed to really affect her, and at 16, pulls it badly for a bogey, drops to 8 under, and second place, Ryu meanwhile finishing strong at 18, beautiful approach to 3 feet for another birdie. Five under 67 today. She's at 11 under. A three-shot lead on Brooke Henderson. The final round of the Women's PGA Championship tomorrow in Chicago. Third round of the Quicken Loans National from Washington, D.C. Tiger Woods went on a birdie binge on the front side. Made four in a row and five in a six-hole stretch. Stuffs this one close on the fourth. Tiger got it to minus eight at one point. He was just two back of the lead. Made a nice birdie here on six as well. But Tiger would end up at seven under. He's tied for 10th. Six behind co-leaders Francesco Molinari and Abraham Answer. Abbotsford's Adam Hadwin is in 49th after a 68 today. He is 12 back of the leaders. Baseball now. Blue Jays and Tigers from Rogers Center. Jays fell behind 3-0, but they rallied. Randall Grichuk continues his tear of late. It's a two-run homer to left, his 10th of the year. Seven of those have come in the month of June still three all in the ninth justin smoke at the plate did this a lot last year wins it in dramatic fashion with a walk-off homer to right jays win again four three they finished june with a fourteen and twelve record after that disastrous may where they went nine and nineteen yankees and red sox tied atop the american league East. two best records in baseball top of the first base is loaded rafael devers up for the Sox. goes the other way and he unloads them against Yankee starter Sonny Gray. Devers wasn't sure if it was out. It was. 4-0 Red Sox, and they lead 7-0 now, playing the seventh. Mariners host Kansas City tonight at 7. Well, America had a Triple Crown winner this year with Simply Perfect. The Canadian Triple Crown started today at Woodbine in Toronto with the 159th running of the Queen's Plate. And it was the favorite, Wonder Gadot, a Philly, who took the victory.
8: the second, but there's no doubt who's the best today, and it's all about Wanda Godot, Wonder Woman herself, demolish them in the Queen's plate. What a brilliant win! Ahead by a century second, Cooler Mike, third, strike me down for Delicanese as was
0: and the next race in the Triple Crown is the Prince of Wales stakes on July 24th.
1: Finally tonight, if you've ever done a few burpees, you'll know just how tough they can be. But I want to show you this small, dedicated group in Vancouver. Uh, they're in the process of doing 100,000 of them, raising money for little warriors who help kids that are abused. Uh, these guys have been doing burpees over the last couple of weekends. At it again this weekend, too. This is a 24-hour marathon. Started at 10 this morning, yeah. carrying on till 10 tomorrow.
0: How are we doing now? Well, we're hurting a little bit for sure.
3: But, you know, just having the charity behind us and such an amazing cause, our motivation's high. We're going to be fine. I mean, we just need to drink a lot of water.
1: <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so, you can do those. It's optional if you come to Canada <laughs> Place tomorrow for celebrations. News Hour will be live there. So, uh, make sure you come down. Good night. Bye.